This is the Tech Talk for Accountants show with your host, Andrew Lassis, where every week we have a new guest to discuss the latest technology, apps, tips, and tricks to help you improve your accounting firm. This episode is brought to you by Tech for Accountants, an IT firm that specializes in cybersecurity for the small accounting firm. Many of our clients used to work at big firms that had all this crazy security and then went to work for themselves, and while they knew it was important to have great IT security, they just have too many other things to worry about and don't have enough time to actually learn this stuff. What we do is help bridge the gap so that even small accounting firms have great security at a fraction of the cost of doing it themselves, and it's all done for you. We offer listeners to the show a complimentary IT audit and consultation. Just go to tech4accountants.net slash podcast. And you can book a free IT audit. Again, that's tech, the number four, accountants.net slash podcast. And we'll do it live. <laughs> Thing sucks. There's no words on it. But with us today, <laughs> Christian Wilage, CEO, plan guru. And uh, we're going to be hitting on uh, budgeting and forecasting today on the Tech Talk for Accountants show. I, Christian and I had tried this earlier and good thing that one wasn't live because there was a, a snafu technical difficulties. So we get to, we get to read power, power outage. Yeah. Uh, power outage. A big storm up here. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully on the day of today recording, we won't run into that. Or if we do, it's, it's not the worst thing that actually, if it is, if it does happen, hopefully it would be the worst thing that happens today, right? Like it, it's not that bad. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually in the office today, so uh, less uh, chance for a tree to fall on a power line nearby in, <laughs> downtown. Yeah, and so. then it's like five minutes later. And it's like, yeah. You message me on LinkedIn. It's like, hey, power line went down. We have to re-record. <laughs> so, so Christian, uh, for those who don't know who uh, you and Plan Guru are, could you give us like a thirty thousand foot view of who you guys are, who you are, and what you do? Yeah. So at, at Plan Guru, we provide uh, budgeting and forecasting uh, software for businesses and business advisors. Obviously, um, on the back end, we do all the reporting and analytics that go along. Uh, with the budgeting and forecasting process. But the thing that really makes us unique uh, is our uh, financial modeling capabilities. You know, whether you're doing something quick and easy for the bank uh, where we can just apply a bunch of growth rates and, uh, you know, uh, forecast the balance sheet real easily, um, or whether you're diving in deep and forecasting product by product for a number of variables. Uh, you know, we provide the user with uh, the flexibility to get down in the weeds and, and do something much more complicated. Um, so, again, that's uh, kind of what our expertise is. Um, uh, I, I'm the CEO of Plan Guru. I've been with the company for 12 years. Uh, prior to that, I worked at IBM uh, in their finance department. My, my last job, I was the worldwide plan analyst for their global technology services group. And uh, prior to that, I had a similar role uh, across uh, in the North America sales and distribution across all of their brands. Um, so I've, I've seen you know, budgeting and forecasting from the perspective of a, a giant multinational world-class uh, finance organization. And I've also uh, helped entrepreneurs who have no idea what they're doing with their startup or or sometimes I've helped companies with 20, 30 million in revenue build their first budget. So uh, um, that's uh, sort of me and, and my background. Uh, yeah, but, we, yeah. Yeah. Our, our like initial iteration, we're maybe in like the seventh iteration of the company now going into year nine. And, and we, we fell into that, uh, to that latter category that you had mentioned where it just started. It was just me in my living room. And then like I had a employee and then 10 and then 30 and 50. And then it was like, maybe I should check out like finance and stuff. You know, we were doing just, it was, it, we, we were very, very, very fortunate that things just kind of fell into place. So I completely understand on the uh, explosive growth, not knowing what you don't know especially if you don't have a background in things like that. The restaurants I was managing beforehand or the tech jobs where it was just like a bunch of tech people. We had, we had no clue about anything. And then I kind of had to change the hat and be like, okay, like this is running a business. Like maybe you should run a business yeah. and understand and I mean, money. 
I mean, I was I was lucky to have a, a work experience where I was uh, again. I mean, IBM with on both the technology and the finance side, you know, really indoctrinated me. And in, and in what? Why do you budget? Why do you forecast? And uh, and I think for a lot of folks, smaller businesses, and even a lot of accounting firms, business advisors that have been traditionally focused on compliance and and, and historical record keeping. Um, there is just a lot of uh, ambiguity and difficulty in understanding exactly why do we do this. You know, when, when a lot of people hear budget or forecast, uh, they, they immediately uh, think of going the last time they went to the bank or, or when they were raising capital, they had to put together a budget. But uh, again, we, of course, we help people with that at Plan Guru, but that's the easy stuff. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the much more challenging thing for a typical small business owner or business advisor is to implement budgeting and forecasting processes that actually uh, result in better decision making. You know, and that's mm-hmm. and, and so in addition to having a great product, um, we spend a lot of time helping walk our clients through, you know, what are your goals here? How detailed should we get? You know, sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes you want to keep it high level because of the nature of the exercise. Other times you need to get way down in the weeds and uh, choosing the right balance, um, you know, process, you know, project by project is, is absolutely critical to success. Yeah. I think that can go for pretty much everything in business where, you know, you can you can get into the weeds, but just because you can doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to have any you know substantial benefit. But then, like you said, IBM, multinational organization, thousands and thousands of employees, it's a different beast than say your solopreneur has maybe a hundred ish firms that they're managing or, you know, multi-partners have thousand, couple thousand um, yeah. firms that they're looking over. So so for Planguru in the accounting space, this is a tool that accountants can use to provide better value to their clients, correct? Yeah. Um, I mean, Again, from our perspective, uh, this sits on the back end of everything, right? Uh, the books are closed. You know, hopefully, you get that closed in in the first couple of weeks of the month. Uh, you uh, and, and it's not just the books, right? Um, it's also non financial information. How many clients did we sign up? How many clients did we lose? How many leads did we get? Um, all of that stuff uh, pl- plays into the budget. You know, with, with Plan Guru, we have our what we call our assumptions and KPIs section, where you can drive your budget, your, you know, drive the the actual accounts on the income statement based on logic or schedules or whatever that you've constructed in the assumptions and KPIs section. So it, it's not just the books, right? Um, as a as a business advisor, accounting firm, you know, you need to also think be thinking about what other information should we be compiling and reviewing every month that is influencing those financials but mm-hmm. once that's done once those numbers are tabulated you know then that's where plan guru picks up and um you know just forecasting is is okay books are closed reimport the actual results for january you know, roll forward our forecast so that january's actual results are locked in and then february and beyond uh, we're we're projecting, and then when February's over, we do the same thing, and you just each month reset the forecast, see where you're standing. The the smallest of businesses can benefit from a rolling forecast process, you know, because it's it, it you know, obviously figuring out how much cash you're going to have based on you you put in how much sales you think you're going to do, all your expenses, all your equipment purchases and inventory purchases, and then you look at the top of the balance sheet and say. Okay, how much cash are we going to have in the end of the month or at the end of two months, at the end of three months? And that's sort of like the baseline exercise that almost any business doing multiple hundreds of thousands in revenue can benefit from. Um, The next step up is a budgeting process. And when we're say budgeting, we're talking about a comprehensive set of goals of what the business hopes to achieve, you know, if everyone's doing a reasonably good job. It should be aspirational, uh, but it should also be realistic. You know, a budget that's like pie in the sky isn't going to do anything. It's actually going to be counterproductive. And um, I mean, obviously, we think every business should budget. 
um, but you might have uh, the solopreneur, as you said earlier, or the, or the early stage entrepreneur that's making every single decision for their business. And they go, wait a minute, I'm going to build a budget to hold myself accountable. And they can be, you know, <laughs> maybe be a little cynical about a budgeting process. So budgeting, from my perspective, really starts to add value the moment a business owner or CEO starts delegating decisions. Mm. You know, the, the moment you have a single employee or multiple employees that are empowered to make decisions that infect, that affect the bottom line of the company, that's when a, a budgeting cadence along with a monthly review uh, is, is absolutely critical. Um, so a typical, uh, for one of our, the fractional CFOs that we work with or uh, accounting firms that offer a fractional CFO service is, you know, the first half of the meeting, you do the budget versus actual comparisons. You, you hold the sales and marketing manager accountable. You hold the production manager accountable. You say, Hey, what happened? You know, last month you told us we were going to get all these leads from doing this event and we didn't get any leads. You know, what, what happened? And, and, and simply 99% of marketers. Yeah. Right. But, but, but no, you know, knowing that you're going to get hauled into a meeting, you know, if you're sales and marketing manager, you know, this meeting is coming up next month, you know, and it, and it changes your behavior day in, day out uh, in terms of the way you plan for that meeting. And, and maybe that you start, you know, you notify the, the CEO or the owner or or your fractional CFO, hey, I, I'm not going to hit my budget. I just want to let you know now and not, and not on the 10th the next month. Um, so by instituting that budgeting cadence, people pay more attention. They uh, Whether it's a reward, whether it's the carrot or the stick, right? Whether it's the carrot <laughs> of getting a bonus uh, or whether it's the stick of just sitting there without answers, feeling embarrassed, uh, um, you know, it changes it changes behaviors and aligns uh, the organization from a decision making perspective. So yeah, so the first so again first half of the meeting budget review, uh, you, you know hold the managers accountable and then you kick them out of the meeting and all that's left is the fractional CFO and the owner and then they go we're, we're not hitting that excuse sorry you go sales and marketing manager get out there hit that budget you got to hit that budget we don't have any choice but to hit that budget. And then you kick them out of the room and you go, we're not hitting that budget, are we? You know, like, <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's a little joke. Maybe I'm being a little cynical um, in, you're, in you're, phrasing <laughs> it like that. But, you know, yeah. the, this, the point is a budget's aspirational. It's what you're driving to achieve, uh, whereas a forecast should be even slightly pessimistic, right? Because you you don't want to over project how much cash you're going to have, right? So the, the forecast should be sober, practical, tactical. Um, and after you've sat, after you sat through that budget meeting and asked a bunch of questions to your team, then you're then you're in a better position to then reforecast. Uh, and so that is the typical cadence um, that our customers are bringing. I don't, you know, um, there's a lot of when when we when you go to these accounting technology trade shows that we love and we we uh, we learn a lot. It's 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 awesome what's happening in the accounting space. Specifically, because to do this work, you need accurate, timely, sufficiently detailed financial information. If you don't have that stuff, you can't budget and forecast in a meaningful way. But again, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to like sound too negative. But there's a lot of just, you know, client advisory services 2.0 and and all this sort of jargon. You know, I it's budgeting and forecasting. You know, it's like it's it's <laughs> that's not all, sexy. Once all the accounting are you going to sell done, it if it's not sexy? <laughs> you know that. We're, trust me, we we uh, we that's we've embraced not worrying about that at Plan Guru, <laughs> maybe to their detriment or not. But um, but uh, but it, it's it's two you know it's two simple processes that every that every single large company completely embraces. And, and w again, there's a whole lot to do before you, you get ready for the budget and forecast. There's a whole lot to do on the accounting side, but once the books are closed, once all of that other information has been compiled and tabulated in respect to whether it's units sold or whether it's billable hours or whatever it might be, then it kicks over into the budgeting and forecasting cadence, really, which is what it is. It's just a, it's about getting together every month, asking questions, and then reprojecting the future. Mm -hmm. And when you're sitting there, you know, 
you as a business advisor, okay, you you work with lots of different businesses. You're exposed to so many different uh, solutions and, and a client had this problem. This is how they solved it. Well, if you're just reviewing historical data with your clients, um, yeah, occasionally you might uh, reviewing of the historical data might uh, extract a recommendation or a, or a, a suggestion about, hey, maybe we should call this software provider. Maybe we should call this vendor. But when you're when you're forecasting, it's just it's just different in terms of the way that it extracts recommendations, the way that it extracts those that advice that turns you into that trusted business advisor. The the act of again looking forward and sitting there and saying, okay, what, you know, how, how can we get our profit to here? Well, let's go line by line down the PL. And uh and so so yeah, um, you know, it, it's um it, it's about putting in those processes that are regular routine that spark those conversations that would not have happened otherwise if we were just, you know, glancing over a dashboard that talked about right. how we did. Yeah. And these, it's funny, like, as you're talking about these, these are things that we've implemented internally just over the years. Like my, <laughs> we'll, we'll shortcut like six years of going from 36K year one up to 4.3 million in three or four years where we didn't have these processes and things in place. It was just that lame checking account company that just like, well, the number's going up. So I guess we're doing good. And I mean, we were really successful despite ourselves. And, but then the flip side to it, because we weren't keeping a regular pulse on it. And then I later discovered my accountant was literally not doing his job, but how would I know? I wasn't checking the books frequently and wasn't, I wasn't on a regular cadence and I actually have in my calendar now. And it's so today's Tuesday. It's every first Wednesday of the month is actually our finance day. So tomorrow falls on finance day and we review Everything that's on the PL, we look at trailing numbers. And I mean, this isn't everything in budgeting and forecasting, but some of the things that you can extract from it are really, really important. Like we had taken on a new vendor and it was this is a great value add, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't seem to cost that much money, but it is what it is. And then we look at the numbers month, one month, two months three months down the road after working with them. And it's like, this is our largest expense and this isn't moving the needle at all. So, you know, being able to make these decisions based on concrete data and then, but you also have some of the things that one was an easy black and white, like our sales going up as a result of this. No. Is our profit decreasing as a result of this? Yes. Is this necessary? No, it's basically fluff at this point. So is what it is. But then we have things on the other side of it. So our lead generation in general, our our cost per lead is in the three to five dollar range from all of our marketing efforts as a whole. And then we'll do things like trade shows, like where we met at QuickBooks Connect. And the cost per lead on that, it, it was I I'll find out tomorrow <laughs> what the number was. But it was something in the realm of like five hundred dollars per lead, like just let me, in let me do some math here. I'm, I'm not going to tell you, but I now that you've mentioned that, I want to I want to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I believe it was all said and done. Probably cost us like fifty thousand. I think we got like a hundred thirty, like air quotes leads. And by leads, these are oh hey yeah, like let's you know let's let's talk. And I mean take out the the time involvement, the opportunity cost. And, you know, looking at the PL, it's like, gosh, this is like our second biggest expense of the entire year for something that doesn't necessarily move the needle if we only look at it black and white direct ROI. However, there were two conversations that I had with two separate people. Actually, correct, three. There were three 
giant impact conversations that I happened to have with people at that show that I can immediately point to a huge ROI from. And it was just two, two of them were quick recommended. This one guy's like, oh, you should definitely read this book. Game changer. And then he was like, the other person, and it was, it's, it's either called, I think it's called $100 million offers. His name's Alex something. Blew my mind, like in the marketing space of the work that I do. It was just like, oh, this is so obvious. And then I tried it and worked really well. And then another person was like, well, I kept, I keep seeing this special, like you should, you should position it this way. And I was like, eh, well, I guess we'll, we'll try our yeah. busiest time of the entire year on these two kind of gambles. And they paid off gigantic. Like last month was absolutely phenomenal, incredible, like smashed every record that we've ever had in nine years. All just, you know, we're coming off of that week nice. mind you it was a four-day week also smashing everything you know holidays all that stuff Excellent. anyway so but so there's there are and I'm, I'm just curious of your thoughts on this so what about some of the sort of intangibles when it comes to some of these well, things that's why is it you just got, a discussion again, that, that, that you that's have? why you that's why you got to get together regularly you know because that's a great point if you're just looking at sort of uh if you're if you're reviewing things sporadically or if you're uh just looking black and white at the numbers and trying to you know exactly calculate your roi on quickbooks connector scaling new heights um you know th that's not gonna Very expensive. uh well Very expensive i mean for i you know for us they're 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 great shows uh you know the probably two of the best just in terms of the fact that same um you know the the mindset of the people that are there right is, is right in our wheelhouse um mm. but but uh but yeah i mean that's why it needs to be a regular routine because you've got to be if you if, if if you're the person making the case as to why we should spend this money you know you need to be there to defend the fact that uh, the, you know i know it doesn't like one for one translate into a positive ROI, but Hey, I met this person. We did this. We, we made this connection. We, we got on the tech for accountants podcast and two customer sauce there. So what, whatever, whatever it might be. But again, that's where, you know, it, and I also um, like the reason why uh, in my opinion uh, for a small business, even if they, you can afford a full-time uh, CFO, you know, sometimes the fractional CFO uh, is still better again, because the fractional CFO had, or, you know, I say, fra again, this could be an accounting firm providing budgeting forecasting services, but um, you know, they can be that outside sounding board, you know, whereas somebody who is at the company every day, um, sometimes it's, you get mired down in uh, the, the day-to-day -day routines and you, you know, maybe make alliances and don't like certain other people, you know, but as a, as a fractional CFO coming in from the outside, um, you know, hopefully you can maintain a more objective perspective and, uh, and, and help the, you know, help the folks at the company hear these things out. Like a lot, you know, I, one of the things I talk about in, uh, um, my, my, my forecasting more profits webinar is, you know, the, the bad cop, right? Like, you can be the bad cop. You know, a lot of owners uh, don't want to, you know, be don't want the uncomfortable experience of holding their employees accountable, right? And again, the it, uh, so that having that external person to come in and be a sounding board for, hey, yeah, we spent this much money, but this positive result came from it, and um, but at the same time, you know. Like when the bad cop needs to come out and say, no, 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 this is, this is a waste of money, you know, like <laughs> you're wrong. Uh, and uh, the, it can, you can sort of give the, the owner the backbone they need um, to instill, you know, a, a profit motivated decision-making processes, you know, as opposed to, yeah, again, what, what happens in a lot of small businesses when you've got friends and family, maybe you're in a small town and you don't think you're ever going to be able to find a replacement for this person. Uh, you know, so the, again, that, that outside fractional CFO as a sounding board can 
help help businesses come to better decisions than they can internally. Yeah, that's something. Well, another. These are. I wish I was having this conversation nine years ago, so I could just like <laughs> not bang my head against the wall. But I think that's that's everyone's journey, right? You hear from so many people. There's never like the oh, well, I started out and just everything's been smooth because I did it this way. It's just like oh yeah, we were hemorrhaging money, had to fire 10 people of our staff of 50, realized that that wasn't enough people, had to fire 10 more, and then try to convince the 30 remaining that we weren't going to do all these all these problems. So having the the objective perspective though is it's so important and you know helping you see the forest for the trees and we have we have quarterly meetings with a with a outside consultant so it's not necessarily on the finance side but just the objective point of view and every single time we go into that meeting we're usually on some sort of uptick and I don't know if it's just we're like oh no we have to meet with him so like things have to get good everybody get in row or whatever it is but it seems like every time we come in to meeting with him it's things are great things are great things couldn't be better i don't know what you could possibly there's no value that you can actually bring to our organization this quarter because we're so great and then we just start talking and he starts digging and digging and digging and then you know we eventually have that aha moment of you know i never looked at it that way i never thought about this and just even some minor tweaks that we've made in our reporting and KPIs, especially on the sales side, because just what we were doing, we were clumping all sales into one thing tied to one employee, which it makes sense. Like one employee, this is your production. But of that, there's there's really, it's broken into three different categories. There's your monthly recurring revenue, which you know, even if you got fired, it's still going to happen. So why are we including that so much as here's how good you're doing based on past results? Then there's the, here, this was generated for you, just fell into your lap and your job is to close it. So again, this is an easy replacement for this is, you know, you're basically playing a cashier. And then there's the actual sales of generating opportunities and getting it through to the finish line, which is really the metric that is the most important, in my opinion, as far as what that job entails. But we had never thought to separate them. So we're looking at, well, this guy, this one, he produces so much better than everybody else. Like, why can't they all be like him? Why can't they all be like him? And we're trying to figure, and then we dissect it. And it's like, well, he's just been here longer than everybody else. Like his monthly recurring revenue makes up 70% of his sales. He's actually not doing a whole lot on the parts that are that are important. So, but having that outside perspective kind of poke holes uh the story that you tell yourself because it's very easy to convince yourself especially when you're in there every single day that this can't be changed, this is exactly how it is and just having someone on the outside poke holes in it or in the CFO position where it's not even here's an idea, let's explore it, which definitely can happen. But if you're looking at the numbers on a compliance standpoint from your your past budgeting, what was set in place, then having that accountability, I think just just the awkwardness of we didn't hit it makes you it shifts it into focus and the the finances becomes less of like a happenstance of, oh, look, seems like we were profitable. And more like we put this plan in place, we executed, and as a result, we were more profitable than we would have been without putting this in place. And these are all things that I think a lot of people don't look at when it comes to just running a business. Because a lot of people come from, we're familiar with Michael Gerber and Emith of they come from that position of they're they're a technician and they're very good at what they do, and then they assume that because they're good at what they do, they now can be a great owner of a company that is basically their job of doing what they do and completely ignoring the pieces that actually come with running a company. So understanding your finances and being able to, to poke holes in that story that you tell yourself, there's, I mean, there's so much value to that. 
a lot of times, uh, you know, you you mentioned that again, the a lot of a business. I forget what exactly what term you use, but technician that understands the customer need and how to meet the customer need. You know, they started a business, they hired two people, and they hired four more people, and all of a sudden they got 25, 30 employees, and three of them are making important decisions and can be considered managers. Um, again, how how many of them? came from a corporate finance background where they sat in budget review meetings and reforecasted. So one of the one of the biggest objections we get from uh, a business advisor who has a lot of opportunity in their customer base, right? Like well, you've got a hundred customers and they're all in QuickBooks online and they've all got accurate, timely, detailed financial information, but you don't but but no one's asking me for this. It's because they never they never been through a budget review meeting. They've never been through a respinning of the forecast. They've never experienced that cadence month after month, year after year uh, in that environment. And therefore, they're completely naive to the to the benefit of of that cadence. Um, so, you know, my my clients are oh my clients aren't asking me for this. Well, of course they're not. I mean, again, unless you've got a customer who's done this in the past, they, they, they probably know how to do it. So they're doing it on their own. Um, but it's that, uh, you know, you're, they, the reason why your clients aren't asking you for this is because they view you as a necessary evil. You are compliance. You are a tax person. You are helping them do these things that they have to do uh, for the government or like the bank or whatever. Um, and they don't view you in that light of someone that can actually help them ma- improve their business, you know. And uh, and again, I, I I use the term fractional CFO a lot, and I I don't want to scare people off with that term because a fractional CFO might spend an hour a month with a single client, you know. If it's a single QuickBook single QuickBooks class, you know, two million dollar business. Uh, someone, you know, maybe, uh, again, I'm talking incremental, obviously you're probably going to spend some time cleaning up the books and closing the books and making some journal entries, but I'm talking about incremental time. You know, it takes two minutes to roll forward your forecast and plan guru, start respinning the forecast. And, and that should on a typical month for a business, like I just described, only take 30 minutes, 45 minutes. But again, it's it, when you do it month after month, year after year, it adds tremendous value. So, um, you know the one of the things I preach in my in in my CPE course is uh, you know think small like a, a lot of uh, a lot of folks they they you know they've been they've been looking to get into this for years they they and and what do they do um, they pick their biggest most complicated client with twelve QuickBooks classes and who's who admittedly has the most need. Um, but my analogy is that's like going to the rental shop, getting a pair of ski boots you've never tried on before, getting a brand new pair of skis you never skied before, and pushing off down a double diamond. You know, <laughs> like it's not uh, you. You know, p- pick a client that uh, is a little more uh, that isn't so. Uh, you know, it, it, where the need is a little bit less, uh, but you can still add a lot of value. Um, by going through that process, and and again, that light, that light little um, fractional CFO cadence, uh, it can be tremendously valuable, and uh, and it can be delivered at a price point that you're both happy with, and you're you're making more per hour than on any other service you do, uh, and the client is like, wow, I'm getting all this for you know, again, I don't want to throw, I don't want to start throwing dollar amounts out, but. Uh, you know the the additional value you bring to the table by bolting on this this light little service to that uh, again two million dollar company with a single QuickBooks class or even let's say eight hundred thousand uh, dollar revenue business um, is 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 uh, you know can't be measured sometimes so and you you had just said you don't want to throw around numbers but I am curious. Yeah. Ballpark. Obviously, there's going to be a gigantic variance in this. But say somebody takes on a a software like Plan Guru, starts adding fractional CFO services 
to their smaller clients and then works their way up. I also believe in the walk before you run whenever we're deploying new software and new initiatives. It's always, well, we test it internally first to make sure that there aren't some sort of crazy alerts that like, oh gosh, customers would freak out about this. We can't do this at all, but slow rollout. And then you can present the bigger ones with better information on what it does and be able to point to this has helped this organization in this way, which in your business would translate to whatever that would translate to, but super ballpark up in the air, what would an accounting firm stand to make on just say a, like you said, a $2 million a year firm? um, Now there's a lot of, from, you know, from my perspective, the firms that are out there that are by far the most successful in this are the firms where they're not going to just do your tax return. Okay. They're they're They will not bring you on as a client unless you are a fractional CFO client, and then they'll do everything before that. So I'm not talking about them, you know, because they, you know, it's, it's hard to, parse you know what's fractional cfo versus what's accounting sure but i but i i i once had a uh uh got together a group of true power users and said for single quickbooks class company to you know million and a half in revenue um you're spending a half an hour in pre-meeting prep okay just you know given the forecast of preliminary spin uh formulating some pre-meeting conclusions and questions, and then you jump into an hour to hour and a half long meeting where you do the budgeting, hold hold manager to accountable, then spin the forecast. So again, two hours a month, um, what's your typical fee? Okay. And uh, incremental. Okay. Like, uh, sure. You've got the, the incremental. Everything. Yeah, I mean, done, for, forget then... all the, forget what you're doing in the accounting department. Like, let's say you already had them as an accounting customer. Mm-hmm. And now you're bolting this on. What are right. you charging for that? And uh, you know, fifteen hundred dollars was the average answer for about two hours a month. All right, um, so seven fifty an hour. Yeah. Uh, so again, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't. Uh, I mean, that's that was the sort of the. I mean, some people said five hundred a month. Some people said three thousand a month. Right. But fifteen hundred uh-huh. bucks was sort of right in the middle of of what they were charging. And again, we're not talking about. Um, you know, New York City, uh, you know, firm on Madison Avenue or something. We're talking right, about, you know, right. Your, but, your- but I mean, so there, there is definitely money to be made in this. And this, this just plays into people's psychology in general. But the more that you're charging for a service and the value that the client can see, it's actually going to, in their heads, make them more sticky and less view you less as a commodity, that necessary evil. Oh, well, you know, I got to have someone do my taxes. So it's this guy like charges what he charges and it's easier I mean, to I'll, just keep them than to leave them. I'll give you an, another example more, you know, uh, I'll give you two, the two most extreme examples I've ever, I've encountered in my career. One was somebody who was doing this with a hair salon that only had 500,000 in revenue and they charged him an extra $300 a month they were doing them a big favor, but again, it took them less than an hour a month. They were making 300 bucks an hour. They were psyched about it. Um, the other extreme is uh, I worked with, the, we work with a lot of dedicated fractional CFOs who don't touch the books. Okay. It's like, let me know when the books are closed, let, you know, and I'll take over from here. They, they probably spent about four hours a week on the client Obviously, larger business, $100 million business, uh, and they were getting paid 10000 a month. Uh, so, you know, they, they were, I mean, I, I knew exactly how much work went into this engagement, and their hourly rate was, was pretty awesome, uh, you know, when you, add it, when you figured it all out. So, um, so yeah, um, it, it really does range. Uh, uh, so, yeah, but you're, you're providing value and, 
you know, the customer is going to be happy. And if you can help them grow their company and become more profitable, and they see the value in the things that you're bringing to the table, literally earlier today, I was, I was having a conversation with somebody and, and they were, they were saying, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. like you guys work with accountants, but my accountant, he's the best. I have to get you in touch with him. He's the absolute best. And, and I just flat out told him, I was like, my accountant saved me $500,000 last year that I can point to. Yeah. Could your person guarantee to beat that? Probably not. So we'll just skip the niceties. No, thank you. But you know, in something that someone else, or even for me in the past, where it was, oh, I got an accountant, but you know, accountant's an accountant. Maybe this one could save me a couple bucks and I'd be cool with it. You know, but when someone's providing you so much value and, you know, wouldn't you know it, this one's charging me a whole lot more than my previous ones were, but I don't have a problem paying it because there's so much value in the service that's being provided that I just, yes, I'm sure there are others that could bring similar, probably even better. I mean, probably just statistically there have to be others out there that are better. That's just like a statistical fact. Like I probably you know, you don't can only have do so much legally uh, if you're talking about tax. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. Um, well, I mean that that hits on a that hits on a really important point from my perspective, and that is that you know you and I spend time at, um, dealing with all these folks who get it right. Um, they get it. Like they're at QuickBooks Connect. Why? Because they understand that there's this huge ecosystem of apps that that not only optimize business processes, but they also automatically make a record in QuickBooks. You know, so you're you know you're making your life easier by optimizing, getting rid of paper, optimizing business processes, but also making the entry in QuickBooks so that no one has to do that manually later. And um. From my perspective, and I hope none of the accountants that I know personally watch this, but uh, I've never met, you know, at QuickBooks Connect and at Scaling New Heights, we, I, all we do is meet people who get it. Um, but in, I've never met an accounting firm in the wild, uh, as I jokingly say, that, get, that gets it, um, that they go, you know, I say, Hey, what about, can you help us with our QuickBooks online uh, implementation? You know, what, what, what should we, what solution should we choose? Uh, I, I got someone I can refer you to for that. It's like a, you know, like the, it's like a lesser, like menial uh, type exercise that is like sort of beneath them. And I'm like, you know what? Like, <laughs> so uh, the reality is in my opinion, even, you know, again, those of us who consume a lot of this education think that, everyone's offering fractional CFO services and maybe they think they've missed the boat, but the reality is it's still just a tiny portion of the accounting uh, space that is optimizing business processes so that we have accurate, timely, sufficiently detailed financial information so that we can then replace all that bookkeeping time with the fractional CFO work, the, the implementation of the budgeting and forecasting process. So, if you're out there uh, talking to some company, like in your situation, if you if your accounting firm saved you five hundred thousand dollars, and you again, you're an extreme example. You're probably it, it would take an extraordinary event for you to change accounting firms. But if you're talking to just the the normal business whose accounting firm is underserving them because they're not embracing technology, um, you can come in, automate away a whole bunch of busy work, bolt on the fractional CFO. And be the same price as their current accounting firm, and it's a tremendous differentiator. Like I'm not, I'm just, I'm going to not only keep your books, but because we're doing that, the tax return is going to be easier, so you don't have to pay me as much for that. But what you are going to pay me for is this meeting that we have each month, where we hold a couple of people accountable, then we respin the forecast, and 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 you're going to make way better decisions, and you're going to sleep better at night because of that. So it is a you know, again, I, I'm not telling. I'm, I'm certainly not saying you can wait around for three years before figuring out how to fit this into your practice. Like, it, because it's, you know, 
when when we were at scaling new heights 10 years ago it was pretty you know <laughs> we were ahead of our time we were way too far ahead of our time and uh but now but now people are finally starting to embrace it and these new firms that really are embracing it are growing rapidly like they can't hire enough people and there's tons of people who want to go work for them um so you know being that you know it's a really great differentiator and a way to get people to consider uh, the, their current accounting relationship and move to you if if you can bolt this into your practice. And I'll also say um, something we're launching like over the next week or so, uh, we're actually going to be publishing an article through the Woodard Report um, about this and, and then launching this on our website is, uh, you know, there's there's a, a a lot of folks that are in the the QuickBooks space that really really get it, and they have more business than they can even handle because they're good at what they do and they're getting so many referrals. And then you say to them, "Hey, why don't we just bolt a budgeting and forecasting service onto the back of your practice?" And it's like, forget about it. Like, um, I I, I can't. I'm, I'm making a lot of money. Like I'm doing well for myself and I'm so busy. I can't possibly entertain this. So we're actually creating something called the Plain Guru Partnership Program where we want to match up that person who's a dedicated bookkeeper, a dedicated QuickBooks ecosystem expert that just says, I don't have the time, energy, or, you know, uh, I don't want to. <laughs> it's too stressful for me. Yeah. You know, some people are quite frank. Uh, so guess what? We also work with a ton of dedicated fractional CFOs who have great reputations and have been in the business forever uh, or, you know, some sort of corporate finance environment. And guess what? They don't want to touch QuickBooks, you know, so let's, you know, we're about bringing these people together, these two different audiences. Um, you know, a lot of these fractional CFOs out there, uh, they came from a corporate finance world and uh, they don't they couldn't sell anything, you know, <laughs> like, so they have so much to offer, uh, but they're struggling to find clients because they're just not familiar with putting themselves out there in that way. So um, conversely, you've got all these QuickBooks experts sitting on 30, 40, 50 potential clients that you could be generating $1,500 a month from. Um, and so again, we, if, even if you can't or, you know, I want to say can't, but let's just say you make the determination that you don't have the capacity uh, to offer these services within your firm. Uh, you know, we can still help you here at Plain Guru in terms of partnering you with the people that have that complementary skill set, but they have zero cannibalistic <laughs> potential or intentions, yeah. right? Like, uh, because they they simply have no desire to... Uh, get into there so if you if you you know if you're watching this and you want more information on that you can just email me at christian at playingguru.com i can send you the we're going to have a form and then somebody you know i'm i'm a fractional cfo that needs help getting this client's house in order and then we're going to blast an email out to all the to the accounting firms and bookkeepers and say hey kind of like a i i'm reluctant to use the term rfp because that sounds like big and scary like but sort of like a little light rfp process for whether you're the business whether you're the quickbooks experts looking for the fractional cfo or whether you're the fractional cfo looking for the quickbooks expert um it, you know like one of the biggest problems a lot of the dedicated fractional CFOs run into, and you kind of hit upon this earlier, is uh, you go, you okay, let's, you know, one of the first things we do here at Plan Guru is we just say, let's run a QuickBooks import. I don't just, let's just, okay, great. Tell, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, but let's just, let's suck the data in. Let's take a look at your chart of accounts. And you, they import the data and there's $5 million in revenue and there's one revenue account called sales, you know, and it's like, <laughs> okay. Do you not have different products or services or service lines? Just yeah, we do. Sales. <laughs> it's just we just have sales. sales. You know, yes. and it's like okay, I understand the IRS doesn't good you know, old fashioned money <laughs> <laughs> care, but you know we gotta we gotta break this. We gotta break your chart of accounts out. We gotta get down more in the weeds. So again, same thing happens with these dedicated fractional CFOs we work with. You know, they they do that same thing and they see sales and then they go. Uh, like, I don't want to have to touch their QuickBooks and fix this. I need to find somebody. So, mm. 
Um, again, that's sort of the final way we are, uh, again, been doing it casually over the last couple of years, but we're really formalizing that process and, um, you know, want to create this vibrant network uh, where uh, firms with uh, complementary skill sets, uh, you know, and again, zero cannibalization risk uh, can can find a partner in a way that they're comfortable with. Yeah. And, you know, we, we see that in the IT world a lot where people will ask us to take on projects where it's like, can we do this? We have the capability to do it. Does this fit our model and what we want to be doing? Absolutely not. Are there others who do want to be doing it? Absolutely. Yes. And we can refer them out and vice versa. Like literally we, we got an email yesterday from someone that works with, it was a uh, sales opportunity with another organization similar to ours. And we work hand in hand with that organization. A lot of times this client's not good for, for us and vice versa. And they were having an issue with getting in touch with someone at that company in their sales process. And someone else had referred them to us. And I was looking at, okay, here are the, here's what this firm has, what they're looking for. And I was like, I'm going to bat this one over to them and tell them to keep an eye on you. You are a better fit with them. I understand. Okay. They've been slow to respond. Like, I will kick them in the butt and get them on board with you. But having that good relationship of, I don't do this work, because that's basically what it came down to is I don't do that work and they do do that work. Can we do it? Absolutely. It's not, it's not so far outside scope, but it is outside scope. It's not what we do. It's not our bread and butter. And so being able to recognize that and have people that you can send it out to, and it makes you look good too. I, I had a call earlier today and the guy wanted all these things. And it was just like, we are capable of doing what you want. It doesn't fit what we're doing. And I've just found that we stay in our lane and do what we're exceptionally good at. And it works. It's repeatable. <laughs> we, we do better with um, working with partners than we do at uh, Scaling New Heights and QuickBook Connect, better just everything that fits with us. However, the like we had talked about, those, those intangibles that can come from the people that you meet at these organizations and things are that they do have well, a lot of value. I will say in this situation, it represents a risk because um, they're the, I'm telling you, the most successful firms now is the full service firm who wants to do everything from the business process optimization with bill.coms and the expensifies through the QuickBooks, through the fractional CFO. These firms are, again, the firms that are good at it are growing like wildfire. And if you're not offering that either through your own in-house offering or through a reliable, repeatable partnership. It's a massive exposure um, that of that type of firm, that full service firm is going to come in and say, oh, what do you pay for that? Okay, we'll, we'll do that. And then you just pay an extra thousand for the fractional CFO, but, but you need to bring everything to us. We're not going to. We're not going to let you keep working with your old accounting firm. So, you know, it's it is it's a big exposure from my perspective, uh, both from your existing customers and from a customer acquisition perspective. Like if they're evaluating two firms, well, who are they going to go with? The the firm that can give them everything they want, not the firm that uh, can only give them half of what they want. Yeah, exactly. In in these scenarios where I'm looking more on the like the customer avatar of the exact people that we're trying to work with, not so much the we're scared of, or scared's not the right word, but we can't offer these services and are pushing them away. It's more more in the vein of we are full service everything for the exact people that we want to be talking to and when the client doesn't fit our mold. So it is on that full service thing and it gives us because we keep doing what we do so well, it puts us in a position to be able to take on 
just the right clients for us that are the right fit and not have to, oh, well, you want this. Um, please like me. Please do business with me. I have to chase down everything that is under the sun because I'm so afraid of missing out on anything. So, and both of those examples that I mentioned earlier, they weren't the right fits for us. And I was comfortable just saying we're not the right fit because, you know, back to this example of say it was someone that's only looking for books. And it's like, well, we offer all this and this is what we charge for everything. And, oh, well, I, I don't want all of that. Then maybe we're not the right fit, but adding that value, adding the, the service on top of what you're already doing, it's going to decommoditize what you're doing. It's going to add a ton of value to your client. And when they can see the result in the bottom line, it makes it very difficult to want to look somewhere else when you're providing all that value. And I, I want to be conscious of your time, Christian. Yeah, no, I, uh, it's, it's been fantastic talking with you about Plan Guru, uh, budgeting, forecasting, how to improve your firm. And you had mentioned it earlier. It was Christian at PlanGuru.com. Was that correct? Yep. So they can reach you on email. Any any yep. other way um, that you'd like people to reach out? Just, I mean, obviously, if you're, um, if you're, reach out to me directly. If you're uh, fit the description of the firm who's looking for that partner, um, if you are a firm that's looking to incorporate these uh, the budgeting, forecasting, cadence into what you already provide or you're already doing it and you just are looking for a better way to do it, uh, obviously just go to playingguru.com. We've got a 14-day free trial. Um, we provide, uh, for new business advisors, we provide unlimited budgeting analyst assistance on your first two clients. Uh, and if you're a larger firm and you're going to be taking more people through the learning process, we can we can do it for even more than two clients. Um, and that doesn't mean we're going to do the entire build out uh, for your first two clients. But what it means is that uh, when you when you reach any of those. If you if you have any questions about functionality, uh, we pick up the phone here at Plan Guru. Like somebody picks up the phone that can help you, uh, you know. And at our price point, that's pretty rare. If you, you know, we're uh, Plan Guru is ninety nine dollars a month for your first three clients, and then twenty nine dollars a month after that, um, unless you need multi departmental budgeting or integrations with things like NetSuite or something. And then, then there's some additional prices. But the point is for our for our for the you know single QuickBooks class users, you're going to get an exceptional level of customer support for what you're paying us. Uh, so again, we pick up the phone to to swat down those quick questions. Um, but when it's not a quick question, you know, when it's more of a complicated design issue, like we talked about earlier, like how detailed do we want to get? Can we just grow this account five percent, or do we need to get down in the weeds and blow out? Uh, you know, product one, purchase orders placed, product one, inventory received, you know, like a whole bunch of set of logic. Again, that's where the unlimited budgeting analyst assistance comes into play is for those, you know, those those more conceptual design type problems that someone who's new to this work will sometimes struggle with. Um, so, uh, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're, if you if you have some questions on your third client, you know, we're probably help you out too. Uh, you know, obviously we do also have services called Plan Guru Launch. Like if you have a if you've got a client who's in a complete fire drill and you need to get something up and running by the next week, um, we can do that too. Probably not going to be for free, depending on the degree of the fire drill, but it will but it will be very affordable regardless. Um, you know, we. Like, you know, we feel we have the uh, best product, best support, best price. Uh, so proud of that. So, uh, yeah, just go to PlanGuru.com. We got a huge video tutorial library. We've also got PlanGuru University, uh, which is starting up here in a couple of weeks. Uh, you can get seven CPE credits. It's six hours uh, spread out over three weeks, two hours a week. Uh, we do we go the full two hours. So you get the full seven. You get a seven CPE credits, not just six. Um, so just, again, Check out our website, give us a call, get a free trial. 
Or just shoot me an email, like I said, C-H-R-A-S-T-I-A-N at planguru.com. Awesome. Well, Christian, thank you so much for being on the show. We did it live. I know we did it live. (laughs) (laughs) We did it live and nothing went terribly (laughs) wrong as it like cuts out. You're you're missing the first part of that saying. Well, you're not on the live. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know how that whole thing plays out. We'll just... (laughs) what. I don't know. Let's get the little. Uh, uh, we were having a laugh here uh, before the meeting, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, maybe maybe we'll put the link to the video. Right, right. Well, no, no, no. That's like the the call to action. Like, if you know what we're talking about, like, post the link in the do comments. Do it live. We'll yeah. do it live. <laughs> well, Christian, thank All you so right. much for being on the Tech Talk for Accountants show. It's great talking Thanks with for you, and me, have a great Andrew. day. Yeah, you too. Thanks a lot, Andrew. Have a great one. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to the Tech Talk for Accountants show. I hope you enjoyed today's guest. And remember, you can go to techforaccountants.net slash podcast to book a complimentary IT audit conducted by a technician certified by the AICPA in cybersecurity. Again, that's tech, the number four, accountants.net slash podcast.